It's the When Fishing Podcast. Applying techniques. Then I put the sea rigs on the A rig. fresh ideas. They can't all be good ones. Talking stories. <laughs> reports. Conservation. Probably too close. All to make you and I better fishermen. Hello, welcome to the podcast. Uh, I haven't posted a vi- uh, thing, uh, an episode in a couple weeks. Uh, in the meantime, I had uh, been recording some reports from previous weeks, but I just wasn't recording like full episodes. So I'm just going to put those all together uh, at the front of this episode and go from there. So, uh, yeah, enjoy that. Uh, it's a full episode for sure. All right. Here goes. Yo, what's up? It's another episode of this bowl. Um, got a report for you. I liked this report. This was a fun day. I went last Sunday, the day after I recorded the last one, I think. Or was it the same day? I don't remember. I don't think it was the same day. Anyways, so I went out last Sunday, and then uh, I launched. I get Well, I got to the, the my first fishing grounds in like 300, 400 foot of water at about 8 a.m., and it was... Uh, kind of an okay tide. It wasn't super swinging. Um, it wasn't the Avalon Swingers ball over in the tide. You know, so, uh, (laughs) so, (laughs) sorry. And, uh, so I, yeah, so I started in that. And, uh, I've been digging the flukes for the rockfish lately, so I, I wanted to keep up with that. And I tried the squid, and the squid just got me sand dabs. And then uh, the fluke, I don't remember if I got anything on the fluke. I think uh, I got like two two dabs and a mini chili. And uh, I think I hooked the chili on the back or something. I forgot what happened there. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so that I wasn't going to keep doing that. So like after an hour, I got the hint because that area is normally like it's either on or it's like just... Like, what is this? So, uh, yeah, it was off. So I headed in shallower, and then I started to put together a fun little bite. And uh, so, like, the first bite, I got, like, a pretty good-sized sculpin, and I was like, oh, that's, you know... uh, I don't normally keep sculpin because they're a pain in my ass. Uh, Literally, you know, uh, poisonous and uh, pointy and shit. You gotta give them a haircut, and then, you, you know, you gotta do all that shit. So I normally just, like, let them go. But, uh, uh, I was, I was, um, I was chomping at the bit for some white meat, so I kept it, and then I didn't really have scissors or proper pliers for the, for the haircut job, so I just, I made it, and then threw it in the kill bag and hoped that I remembered that it was in there, and I did, uh, and then, uh, proceeded to, like, catch a couple, like, small rockfish, which was just kind of nice to see the variety, and then I got, um, a couple big hits, and one of them turned into, uh, pretty nice sheephead 
I weighed it at home on the human scale. You know, I weighed myself with and without it, and it was like four pounds or so, which isn't so bad. And uh, so I kept that one. That was good for a good for a couple dinners on its own. And uh, thought I'd get more whitefish, and ended up with one keeper or like eater whitefish, and then uh, old sand bass. And I went even shallower and was starting to pick on some. Uh, some sand bass and picked off a keeper and was like okay like you know this is nice nice changes from one thing to the next and uh and then my my braided line got stuck like in between the inside of the reel like it got past the spool lip and that ended the, uh the reel for the day so i didn't i normally have a like i normally have uh like a 30 pound jig stick or like a uh, like a little uc mega and that's like um on the with the sxj and like 30 pound braid and that's kind of stuff and 30 pound leader pretty much across the board for inshore right now and uh that one uh and so i normally have two of those one's like short one's long and uh and i didn't have the short one so uh i ended the day because i really didn't want to like start um poking at uh the sand bass with like my uh my 60 pound jig stick that's the only other thing i had and i was gonna use that for rock fishing for like lingcod or whatever and uh that that opportunity just didn't really happen so yeah i didn't want to use it on bass uh so i didn't and then i went home and it was a good day uh so yeah that was nice um and uh that fish count for that day was like 14 so that's a nice little that's a nice little day and then i was uh getting ready for uh i guess i'll get into the game plan i don't i don't have a fucking that's all i have i have last week's report and what i want to do tomorrow that's it that's really it um so i shouldn't even be recording this i could record it tomorrow or the next day yeah you know what that's smart I'm going to play music now. Goodbye, boys. All right, I didn't have enough to say, so I uh, I paused, and then I went out a couple of times, and I came back so that I have something to say. So what did I do? Uh, I went looking for the bluefin locally. Um, it was about time to go check out some warm water. There was a warm water bubble coming up my way that was like um, supposedly in the 63, 64 degree temps when everything else was like uh, 60, 62 or something like that. And so uh, I went out and looked for it and uh, got off the local shelf and then was immediately greeted by... Uh, uh, thousands or millions of by the wind sailors, you know, those little, little blue things with the, with the sail looks like a jellyfish, but it's not. And then, uh, hundreds of mola sunfish. I've never seen so many. So if, uh, if you want to see just something kind of cool, like, uh, that you may have never seen before, uh, go, go look for some of the warmer water offshore and, uh, uh, where where you'll find the by the wind sailors the valela you'll find the uh, uh, a shitload of sunfish I saw at least well over a hundred uh, normally I don't think I've ever seen more than like a dozen in a day but I definitely saw over a hundred 
and they were all in that like 100 200 pound class like with like foot wide fins and all doing the exact same shit they were all clones of each other it was really cool and i think i saw a, a mink whale i think a minky como se dice and uh it was smaller it was it it only came up once and by its back i would guess that it was like maybe like 20 foot long so i don't know what i'm looking at with that and if it only comes up once it's pretty hard to say but uh yeah i think it was a mink little tiny fin uh yeah didn't find any bluefin didn't find any bait out deep um so i i did like a 50 mile loop and then uh uh, on the end of the loop, I wasn't really seeing jack shit, and the wind was coming up, and I was very far from home, so <laughs> I went back. Uh, and then the wind uh, died down once I got back on the shelf, and I tried to fish for some uh, some bottom critters uh, and uh, uh, tough bite. I mean, it was like close to peak tide, so not a lot of water movement as far as I could tell. And, uh, and I didn't have any squid, so I was just using flukes, I think, and uh, that was unsuccessful until like my last stop and then I pulled out a dink calico and uh called it a day from there uh just just wanted to break a skunk because I've come home too many times uh without jack shit I went uh last summer I think I went between like mid-June and mid-August or something without catching anything because I was just so focused on the pelagics and this year I want to sort of keep my brain uh from getting too fried from the pelagic chasing if it's like unsuccessful you know so um yeah that was uh uh worth a shot cool to see some sights that's how pelagic fishing goes um sometimes it's better than uh you know a totally dead ocean that happens too so yeah, and then the next day I oh yeah, and then I slept like like sixteen hours in between that and the next uh, trip. I like got home at like I think I got home at like two thirty or three, and then I settled down, and then I started napping at like four p.m. and then I woke up at like nine thirty p.m. and my girlfriend got home from work and then like I made a little dinner. I made a uh, I have a shitload of of yellowfin tuna from uh, from a friend, and so I uh, made I made some seared tuna with some rice, and then uh, after that I went back to bed at like ten thirty, and then I woke up at ten thirty. So I don't know where all that sleep needed to happen, but it did. And then uh, I was, I mean, like my alarm went off at five, and I was just like, do I really want to fish for that? Like that was. The, uh, like when I went at the end of the bluefin run, I went, you know, and fished, uh, sort of top of the tide, um, for the bottom critters or the inshore stuff. And it really wasn't happening. And I knew that there wasn't much, uh, current. So then I knew that would be pretty much replicated the next day. So then, uh, uh, in the morning, I was like, I could go out, but like, what for? What, what are we doing? Yet? So I, uh, so I slept in. And then uh thought I was just gonna go uh go Grubhub for uh for the rest of the day. And then I got out I I left my apartment and walked over to my car to like drop off my boat shit into my storage unit 
and I realized like, oh, it's a nice day. Like the wind still hasn't come up and it's like 1230. So that's kind of bizarre. So then, um, so then I went out uh, for the afternoon tide, which was definitely a stronger tide. So I, I figured, okay, it's probably worth a look. It's probably going to be good. And then probably not that many people are going to be it. Like people, I bet most people would be like done by like two and I'm going to launch it too. So Memorial day, it was Memorial day. And, uh, I figured it wouldn't be too much trouble to do that. And it wasn't, um, I went out and, uh, trolled around for, uh, for bass. And I picked up like, um, picked up about 15 in a little less than three hours and just good consistent action and on, uh, on swim baits and, uh, yeah, I had a nice time. Uh, 12 inches up to like 18 inches, like three pound range on the sand bass. So, uh, that was cool. And like my, a couple of my shallower spots are starting to kick out some stuff. So that was cool. Uh, good to see that. So good, good little weekend right there. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's the reports for, for this episode. Bam. So then the next weekend I went out, fished with Jared, brought Jared out. I said, fuck it, we're going to go fuck up some bass. We haven't uh, put together a great day fishing for bass, he and I, but uh, I figured we could put something together based off of the last time, uh, the aforementioned 15 fish day in three hours or so. I figured, okay, well, if we get two lines in the water and sort of similar uh, current situation, we'll be able to put a lot of fish in the boat. And we did. Uh, we probably launched around, got out of the harbor around 7.38, and uh, it was a full moon, 100% full. Look at that. I'm, I'm reading through the uh, my fishing log. So, cloudy day, 0 to 10 west wind, 2 foot at 12 seconds, uh, water temp 61 to 63, less than 5 foot clarity, 100% moon phase when the wolves come out. So we were fishing uh, three-way swim baits, 30-pound leaders. I don't know what he was fishing. I think it was 25, but whatever. Uh, it was a uh, good, consistent action. He got a chonk. He got a chonk. He swim, uh, uh, sand bass. That was his personal best. It was a big old grump, uh, probably four or five pounds. Looked ugly as hell. That's the way you want him. Um, all, all of the big hammer colors worked, but also, uh, uh, calling you out big hammer. Um, why were, tell me why all, all the colors were like ripping, like at the, uh, like at the color changes, like, you know how they're like the swim baits have at least like big hammer swim baits among other swim baits. They have the color change. They go say like a dark, dark top and then like light bottom and maybe like a strip of a certain color well like a lot of them were like ripping like at the lead head um like yeah that they would just tear in between the colors so there was clearly like they weren't like uh you know um they weren't meshed together properly i don't don't know i don't know how to make swim baits so 
You know, I can't provide proper feedback on, hey, you know, if you just did this big hammer, you'd be okay. And they've they've been fine before. This was the first real time I've had issues with it. Um, I've fished a lot of big hammers, but I, uh, I took a break for a couple of years. So uh, I don't know if there's like a difference in um, construction quality, manufacturing quality at this point. But that was uh, bugging me and Jared. Um, we were using several different colors and quite a few of them did that. Uh, but they caught fish. They caught fish. So what are you going to do? So, yeah. Um, any other notes? Yeah, so uh, 44 fish between us, between the two of us. Good day. Uh, and then on the way in, um, so I had a, a, my, a sabiki rod. Uh, and uh, if you know about sabiki rods, they're like an, uh, the line goes inside of the blank. There's no guides on it. And then at the end, there's like a, like a plastic or like rubberish thing for the tip uh so then you just like bring your reel your sinker up with it and you reel the sabiki rig inside of the um the blank and then uh your sinker or whatever um just just reels right up to the tip and so instead of a sinker i had a lucky craft i think it was a pointer and uh it was uh reeled up to the tip and it was in the pvc rod holder vertical along with all the other rods, and we were uh, riding home. And the next thing I know, there is a seagull stuck to the Lucky Craft, and it's just, like, flying, and, like, it's not getting anywhere. It's just flapping its wings and, like, slapping around the other rods, and, like, the boat's still driving. I'm on the tiller, and, like, the the seagull is uh, directly over Jared's head on the boat and he doesn't know what's going on. Like I see it and he can't see it and I'm just waiting for him to see it. Uh, so <laughs> he's just like, I can, I can see him just kind of like turning his head back and forth. Like, what the fuck is that? And then I'm like, Hey, over your head. <laughs> and then he looks up and there's this seagull going nuts. And so I've finally pulled the rod out of the holder and, uh, and, uh, unhooked it. And then I just held it for a second and just uh, called it names to make sure that it knew not to do that again because you know how seagulls be like so that was a fun day uh finally finally had a really really good day with jared um we're normally working for it pretty hard and uh, we did work for it but we it was we were paid handsomely so uh yeah and then yesterday and the latest report, so I wanted to take a look for Bluefin, and then if that probably didn't work out, then I would go looking for Deep Drop, Blackgill, and then maybe move in shallower as the day goes on. So it was glassy conditions to start. I got out at about 6.30 in the morn, and then I was out at the channel probably about a little before 8, and then the wind came up right about 8, and uh, it was white caps and super choppy, kind of short period, Um, not very ideal. It was a following sea, so I was quartering in it, and I have a 4-horsepower motor, so trying to stay at like 10 knots trolling a Yozuri Bonita uh, didn't really work, but I was just kind of hoping in the back of my head, you know, hoping that a... the varying speed would make it seem like a more natural presentation. 
because uh, that kind of it kind of works out that way. It was probably about 130 yards behind the boat, and I trolled it for about an hour, hour and a half before I got to my rockfish spot. Um, I didn't see birds, bait, or tuna. I saw a couple mola. Saw some by the wind sailors. Didn't see dolphins. Didn't see whales. So uh, didn't work out that time. So then I got to my rockfish spot, and I was like, no fucking way in hell am I dropping 600 plus feet in this wind. So I pulled up in like three to 400 foot with a pound of weight, and as long as I was back trolling, it was okay. Uh, first drop, three pound red. Very nice. And then no bites for like 30 minutes, but the tide, I got there at like 9, 10 a.m., and the tide had turned at 9 a.m. to become, I think, to become an incoming tide. Yeah. And, uh, and then there was nary a bite for a little bit. And then finally started to pick up, pulled my limit together of, uh, of pythons. And then uh, one of them had some scrape marks, looked like a lingosaur uh, came through and took, uh, took a ride on it. I didn't feel it. I didn't feel no, no extra weight. It was always a small fish from the start, but uh, gave me some inspiration to go try looking for ling cod. I have a couple chili peppers frozen just for this. Um, some whole chili peppers, probably like 10, 12 inches. I'm talking about rockfish, not a, <laughs> not vegetables. So, um, yeah, so I've, I've, I'm going to go take a look at that, but that'll be part of the game plan. So, yeah, I pulled together my limit, then headed in shallower figured i didn't have any squids so um i tried dropper looping flukes and kind of shallower water pulled up a double of bass and uh my phone situation my phone charging situation on my boat has just always been a clusterfuck so charging cables conventional charging cables um introduce water into the port really easily so i got these I might have mentioned them before, and I highly recommend them in general. Uh, they're these magnetic charging cables where you put the, the the part of the cable that, like the head of it, that actually goes into the port. Um, it's a... You put that into the phone, and it's like a separate piece, and then you just put the magnetic cable up to that up to like the back end of that and then it just pops on and starts charging so i got those so that i wouldn't introduce water into the port which has been sort of smart um i suppose yeah that's been a good idea but then the next issue is that uh that that little magnet just kind of pops off i the little there's uh it sits like right under my seat and on my seat, I have like a sort of, I think it's like a leather, faux leather seat. It's folding and uh, there's a little strap to like button the seat closed once you fold it down. I need to cut that off because it like, because it slaps the charging cable out of its spot. And uh, and then my, my charging bank, it, I just replaced it and that like... Both of the one that I just replaced and this one just seem to like turn off after a couple minutes if they're not being if they're not charging anything, and so if if I slap it 
off, then it then it doesn't charge, and then you know. And so for some reason it wasn't charging. So I guess the the charging head was broke or like faulty or de- defective, whatever you want to call it, Como City say. And so I wasn't getting a charge. So then I was down to like 7% battery by like 11 a.m. And so I headed for some shallow water with like a lot of hard bottom and decided to just troll across it for my last ditch effort for the day. And I picked off a couple short bass and a little tiny brown rockfish, and that was it. But it was uh, it was super choppy, um, and it was uh, it was, it was I got soaked. So, but it was you know checked out a lot of different stuff, a lot of different types of water. So that was cool. Good day. <laughs> So last part of the day of the episode is the game plan. What's the game plan? Well, taking a look at the wild, windy app, which, by the way, I'm going to do a webinar with them soon. And then uh, I'll put some of that conversation up into the podcast and... They'll put their put put the webinar up on their social media on YouTube. Stay tuned for that. Uh, we're gonna go over, you know, the features from the app that are particularly of of value for fishermen. So, stay tuned for that. In the meantime, you can pick up a free month of the pro membership for the Windy app if you use discount code JROD J-R-O-D isn't that cool? ain't that something? so yeah, you know um, I just you know, I've been using it for for tides and uh, I like it for you know, the, the wind is generally pretty accurate and and then on top of that, if there is reason for a lot of variance, you can compare models of or different wind models. So you can compare you can compare like six wind models or more, um, and see what the variance is, and you can decide from there. Like, oh, there's you know, if they're all pretty consistent, then um, then you can expect what you're expecting. And if they're like wildly varying, then like don't put all your chips in one thing. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. If you're if you're thinking, you know, small boat, like way offshore, like you know, um, and you're you can you can compare you can compare different models all in the same app instead of you know checking a bunch of different apps. So it's uh, cool like that. I like that. I I'm I'm all in on on windy. So, yeah, so check that out. Go, go use that promo code if you aren't a pro user already. So I'm, I'm, I've been one for a little bit. So, that being said, what's the game plan? Um, tomorrow looks good. I'm kind of thinking about going out tomorrow. I'm not sure yet. But, like, there's not a whole ton of current. There's a 550 high tide, 1135 low tide. Pretty manageable swell at two and a half foot at 11 seconds. Uh, water temps are holding steady around 62 to 64. Wind won't come up till about noon. 
I'm thinking about doing my deep dropping that day. So uh, what I'm really thinking about for the rest of the week, or really the rest of June, is I want to uh, deep drop successfully. So I want to get my black gilrock fish, potentially sable fish, and thorny heads. Get those out of the way. My Avid EX30 is currently filled with a shitload of 50-pound braid, specifically for deep dropping. And once I acquire those targets, I would like to switch that Avid EX30 over to Pelagic Duties with a 100-pound braid. So I I think we're, we're coming in hot into Pelagic season. We're pretty much in it, so I really need to, like, get this done. Otherwise... Uh, put it away. But the reason I like the Avid EX for this is that it's got the T-bar handle and just there's a lot of torque in there in general. So when you're reeling up, you know, 16, 24, 32 ounces of weight, it's not so hard because with the little like ball handles that I was using, I was using before, I was using an Okuma SLX and it was okay, but definitely, even though it's a big reel, it should have a lot of torque it was taxing on my hand. I had to take breaks on the way up at, uh, for like a 900 foot drop. And for the Avid EX, I'm able to, I was able to reel up like 1200 feet, like consistently without a break. So that's a fun little thing. So yeah, I want to, I want to get that out of the way, maybe hit that like Monday and or Wednesday and then um, Wednesday through Friday looks really good. Uh, current starts to pick up. So another thing that I recently, I've been, uh, while I've been chatting with the Windy app folks, um, they brought up the the fishing-centric um, layout. And I've been working with my own custom layout, which uh, I, I look at the, Wind, direction, speed, air temp, water temp, uh, you know, cloudy versus sunny, precipitation, moon phase, uh, swell height and direction, swell period, tide, and then I just added the current speed and direction. And so in my area, that speed is generally between 0.1 and 0.5 miles an hour. And I did find in the last couple weeks that when I focused on those times when it was in the 0.5 miles an hour, uh, it was a more consistent bite. So, and it, and it didn't always line up with the tide as I would have thought. So sometimes it, you know, uh, sometimes the wind, uh, adds to it and sometimes it doesn't. I'm not sure where that comes from. I'm not an oceanographer. I just look at the Windy app all the goddamn time. So I live on this thing. So yeah, Wednesday through Friday, um, we got tides that are like uh, kind of, uh, okay, so low tide, 2 a.m., high tide, 8 a.m. on Wednesday. And then kind of a slackish 8 a.m. high to a 1 p.m. low where there's going to be like 1.8 feet of water movement. But that morning, it's going to be 0.4 mile an hour current. So I think hit that with the deep drop. And then Thursday, the 0.5 mile an hour current. Friday, 
drops a little bit, but in the afternoon it's going to be flying. And then, uh, yeah, so I think Wednesday, Thursday, killer. So once I get the deep drop out of the way, I want to head inside. I've, I've been keeping my eye out for Threshers. I haven't heard much about it this year. Last year, I remember it kind of popped off and I would just, I don't know, I wasn't prepared for it or other things were going on. And so I never fished for them once last year when the year before I, I tried a bunch of times, um, and failed miserably. But, uh, this time I haven't seen anything on the inside. Normally the conventional wisdom is look for the threshers inside of like a half mile of the beach. And I haven't seen any birds or bait really working in within a half mile of the beach uh, all season, but I have seen a ton of bait, mostly anchovies, in 40 to 120, 150 feet of water. So what I'm thinking now is that once I get the deep drop out of the way, then I'll do, like, I'll just troll around for mackerel. Once I find and catch the mackerel, put one on the bottom for halibut, one up top for threshers. Or both could be for threshers. Who knows what the fuck's going on. And uh, from there, just keep trolling, keep catching mackerel, keep an eye out for threshers. And then get one. Get one! And then uh, from there, move on to the tuna. Because the tuna, they're here. Hopefully, they'll pop in with uh, some coastal action in the next month or two seems to be like real bluefin season around here locally like june july and then august like other things start to pop up and the tuna are in state waters but they're kind of uh like more on the outside or something behind catalina or whatever so we'll see what happens but that's what i'm thinking deep dropping and then threshers so and i gotta try for the lingcod god damn it too many things to do, so little time. But it's all fair game. It's all fair game right now. Water temps have warmed up. The bass fishing is consistent, as I have stated. The tuna are, are in state waters. It's an exciting time to be alive. So get out there, folks. Use that promo code. Um, you'll be hearing more about that in the coming weeks. So... Stay tuned, good luck out there, and uh, be safe.